Well, good morning, good weekend to you. Let's welcome um, live here. Yeah. Welcome yourselves. Good morning. Let's welcome Blend. Come on, let's welcome Blend. Let's welcome Amp down the way, out there in Bearden in Rowan County. Two of us church were gathered together. Hi, I'm Mark. I'm Dave. Hey, Dave. Except it's the opposite of that. It's reverse. And people know, like, we're actually different people. I feel bad for Dave. Sometimes people come up to him and mistake him for me. He's 10 years younger. It's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're actually different human beings. So here we go. But here's the deal. I'm living my best life ever. Are you? I'm living my best life ever. Are you Dave Groon? I'm trying to. Are you? you I'm trying, man. Hey, in John 10.10, Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it to the full. That's how we were wired. That's how we were created. That we would have life and have it to the full. That this life that we've given ourselves to Christ and are living and walking in, that God would meet us in a full and rich way. We were wired to make a difference. We were wired to make an impact in the world. And we know that as a leadership team at Two of Us Church, over the last couple of years, the men and women are our leadership team, the elders have been praying, what, what, what do you have in store for us next, Lord? What do you have in store for us? And back in January of 2022, grab this card in your bulletin. I want you to grab the card. I want you to wave it at me. So I know you're with me. Let's online too. Let's do it in Roan County beer and let's wave the card. I feel like I feel like I'm in church. You're waving your hankies. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hey, God gave us this vision. We believe that God was calling us to what's next. And the what's next for us is right here on this card. We believe life is best lived when rooted in gospel-centered community. Together, we are actively pursuing God, experiencing the life-transforming power of the Holy Spirit, deepening our love for Jesus and for one another, and ensuring the gospel is made real to our neighbors in tangible ways. And what that looks like very specifically over the next 10 years, by 2032, we envision each area of our nine-county region of more than one million people impacted by the transforming presence of Jesus through at least one gospel initiative. Folks, we believe that that life is best lived in a gospel-centered community, and that's where this line starts. It starts with how we live our lives. It starts with how we actually walk in and through the gospel. And so to be sure that we're all on the same page and we know what a gospel-centered community is, we got to know what the gospel is. So Dave Groon... What's the gospel? What's the gospel? Well, gospel just means good news. And I think often when, when people think of the good news of Jesus, it stops at, I get to go to heaven someday when I die. In other words, Jesus saves people and they equate the gospel with salvation, that I, I have new life in Christ and now what? And so really the gospel is much larger than that. Than that. There's, there's whole books written on the gospel. And so we, we have a simple way. We've talked about this before. We went through values talking about this, but if you want to summarize the gospel in your mind, that you would think of it this way. Jesus saves and Jesus transforms. That's what he does. Say it again. Jesus saves (laughs) and transforms people. And so once we enter into the new life that only Jesus gives by the power of the Holy Spirit, it's then about the Spirit of God transforming who we are. And and once again, we talk about all the time as we go through Scripture, it's not that we would look like any other character in Scripture other than Jesus himself that we would be people transformed in the image of Christ. And so that's, that's what we're talking about when we talk about the gospel. So what's it mean to be gospel-centered? I think you just said it. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It absolutely is. You can go to a lot of different portions of the scripture to see the preeminence and the centrality of who Christ is. And yet, Colossians, we're going to be spending some time in the book of Colossians. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there, smartphones. We'll put the words up on the screen for you. But Colossians is a great book. It talks about the centrality of Christ. It talks about what it means to be living in a gospel-centered community where we're not only just coming to Christ, but we're actually maturing and growing in our faith. You could find a lot of books, but probably very few that would actually lay it out like the book of Colossians does. And if you could read through and actually put the, the words and the, um, the impressions here given to us by the author of Colossians into play, that would, that would actually resemble for each and every one of us what it means to live a gospel-centered life, where Jesus is the center of everything. Listen to the words of Paul in Colossians chapter 1, 15 through 20. He makes it real clear where, where Christ is at the center of all things. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he's before all things, and in him, and in him all things hold together. And he's the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. 
For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the, by the, blood of the cross. So again, I guess you could say, what does it mean to be gospel-centered? It means to be all about Jesus. It means to be Jesus-centered, to be living a Jesus-centered life. And if that's true, it's a life that's not just about coming to faith, but it's about growing in our faith. It's about maturing and growing in our faith. Yeah, I think sometimes um, when we think of our life, we, we think of it in segments. In other words, I have the work part of my life. I have the family part of my life. I have the church part of my life. But I don't think of my life as a whole. What does it look to think of my life holistically? And Jesus is actually um, invested and interested in being in, in every single one of those areas. And we don't think like Jesus is actually interested in my business. Jesus is actually interested in what I do, quote unquote, for a living. But he absolutely is. And not just that you would give a part of that to the church. No, he's actually interested that, that your work would be a blessing to the world in which we live. That, that what we do with our lives isn't like, oh, I have this spiritual part and the unspiritual part. No, everything that we do, it's, it really can all be about Jesus, right? So ultimately, being gospel-centered gospel makes an impact, right? It impacts ultimately It impacts everything do. that we do, everything, the, the way I think about me, the way I think about you, the way I think about us, the world in which we live. And one of the things that we, we press hard week after week after week is we want to be a people that live for Christ on mission, on point, day in and day out. Not just Saturday or Sunday nights, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That, had, that would have a full impact on everything that we do. And one of the things, the tools that we've tried to help us move there, and we use it as well, and we hope you do too, is this whole live it out section in your bulletin each week. We want to be able to make sure that we're taking what we're learning on the weekend and putting it into practice, putting it into play each and every week as the Holy Spirit continues to move through the Word of God, causing us to be the very people of God He's caused us, caused us to be. And you're probably saying, oh, you're a pastor, you're supposed to say that. <laughs> yeah, I am. They actually paid me to say that. They pay you yeah. to say it. Yeah, actually. But, but here's the deal. I'm also a real guy, and I live just like you do each and every day, trusting, depending on, on the work of Christ in my life. And just like you... There's lots of stories that we've heard, countless stories we've heard about people seeing God do amazing things as we live on mission for him each and every day throughout the week. We want you to listen to a great story about a guy um, who, who was living on mission, who was living it out during the week. Take a listen to Dale. My wife and I, Mickey, we came to Two Rivers Church to be four years, September. Um, so it's kind of an exciting place we said well let's go visit a church and start looking around we came here and we never left this year I had a experience where uh, it was actually April 28th and normally I get a list uh, to go out and do a bunch of sales calls so I sell roof systems and service systems to, uh, for roof, roofing for both residential and commercial buildings and this particular day, and my schedule is always set up for me. I don't make my own schedule. It's always sent to me, and uh, I look at my team calendar and away I go. And this particular day, I was sent to Seymour, Tennessee. And um, so I made my way down to Seymour at 9 o'clock in the morning. I got done at 9.15 because it was no big deal. And now I'm thinking, okay, what do I do? And I looked at my calendar. My next appointment wasn't until 3.30. And I thought, that's pretty unusual. Why do I have this big gap? Normally I have seven to eight calls a day. And I had this huge gap that I like, okay. Well, then I looked at my calendar again. And at the top of my day, there was a name and an address that was on the calendar. Um, but it didn't have a time slot. It didn't have a phone number. And I thought, well, this is kind of unusual. Uh, and so I looked up the address. And I found I was like a mile, barely a mile away from this house. And I pull up this little house. And I thought, well, that's a cute little place. And um, I pull in and knock on the door. And this guy comes out and he's got a hat on and he's all wrapped in a big blanket. He's got a heavy long sleeve coat, shirt on and t-shirt and I'm thinking, wow, it's like, you know, 72 degrees out. It was 10 o'clock in the morning when I ended up there. And he says, yeah, hi, I'm, I'm Timmy. He says, what are you doing here? 
And I said, well, um, I know we didn't have an exact appointment to be here, but I have your address here that I was supposed to come and look at a roof sometime. And he goes, well, who are you? And I told him where I was from. And he goes, uh, he says, no, I, I didn't call you. He says, I was supposed to have another roofing contractor. And they named the name of the company. And I knew him, one of my comp competitors. And they were supposed to be there at 9 a.m. And they didn't show up. And I'm thinking, hey, lucky me. <laughs> you know, I got no competition. And I'm going to have a chance to get a new roof. So he says, no, he says, so I, I don't know who you are, and I didn't make an appointment for you. I'm going, well, our office has your address and name here, just no phone number. And so Timmy says, well, he says, while you're here, he says, you might as well look at my roof. So we're looking at the roof, get done with all that, and he's still all wrapped up in this blanket. I said, hey, are you okay? He says, oh, he says I'm a little sick. I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, is there anything I can do for you? And then he lays it on me. He said, well, he says, yeah. He says, if you have a way to cure cancer. And I'm thinking, I need a big God right now, bigger and better than I think you are, because this dude just laid one on me. And I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to handle this? And immediately, <clears throat> I, for some reason in my mind, I was hearing this, Tell Tim about me and how I created him, Dale, in the beginning. And that, that's what I heard in the beginning. So here I am, I'm confronted with Timmy. And I start talking to him about God's creation, how God created him, his sinful nature. And you know, interesting, Tim goes, yeah, he's, he believes. He said, oh yeah, as a little boy, I remember going to church. Oh, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I said, oh, that's fantastic. And, and, and I said, do you believe in the Bible being the inspired word of God? Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's where the whole story of creation came into play. And I laid out God's image and his plan to, to place the spirit of God, the indwelling person of Jesus Christ in the form of the Holy Spirit in Tim's life and to live a life that was not empowered by himself, but powered by the source of the creator himself. Wow. I said, wow, I'm glad I was listening in a few of those Genesis series. <laughs> the fun thing was, is like, I just was able to explain this process that Jesus has for him and the restoration and then a life, a fuller life. Yeah, the payment been made, but now what do we do with it? And I think so many people miss that part of it. Our Christianity is Christ living in me. And Tim goes, man, I've never heard that before. I say, you haven't? He goes, no. He says, I always hold, heard how much I've done wrong, this and that, this and that. And he says, and Dale, he says, you don't know what I've done my whole life. He says, I'd, I'd never be good enough. I said, yeah, but you just told me you said you believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He goes, yeah, he says, but not mine. If you put your faith and trust and believe that Jesus died and that he's forgiving your sins and that he has the spirit of God that wants to take residence within you, then I think that that's the answer. You're there. He goes, would you pray with me? I said, sure. So I pray with him. And he goes, I want to tell you something. He said, uh, you, you weren't scheduled here. I didn't call you. And I don't know how you got here. Because I called another company. And they didn't show up. And after they left, and after my life, wife left for work this morning, I said, 10 o'clock in the morning, that's a good time. I said, good time for what, Tim? He said, I was hopeless. I had no hope for anything. And he says, and I can't tell you 
the pain and everything in my body on a day-to-day -day basis, nothing's working, the doctors have no answers. So he said, today at 10 o'clock after my wife went to work, I had decided to take my life. And I sat back and I thought, wow, God, you are bigger and better than I ever thought you could be. Man, like, holy cow, you took a non-scheduled appointment. You brought me here at 10 o'clock in the morning. That man planned a 10 o'clock taking of his life. And you stepped in. And I'm going to tell you what. That tells me that God has plans that are miraculously supernatural. And he transforms lives like Timmy, like me. It's a supernatural work. And I got to bear witness of God's presence coming to this man. I just talked to Tim this week and uh, we just completed his roof and got it all done. <clears throat> and he said, well, we've got one of the big steps finished. And um, <clears throat> for my family, I just wanted to make sure they had a good roof over their head. But that isn't that simple yet profound and I thought you know even in his comments about that and his care for his family in the bigger picture Tim's a simple man <clears throat> I thought isn't that God his message is simple but yet it's profound it's just simply profound yeah you can clap that's, that's... That, that, that's what it could look like. And we're not saying that's what it necessarily is going to look like. But, but one of the things behind the scenes about Dale is he's engaged in the process. Dale, Dale's in the scriptures. He's talking about what God's teaching him. And this is what he's doing. And this is what he's teaching me. And he's actively engaged. He's taking next steps. And, and he shows up one day at Tim's house. And the story's amazing. And even he's blown away, I'm blown away, and that's like the fourth time I've seen that video and I still get chills. It, it, it's an amazing story of an amazing God. So as we talk about being a people who are relationally connected to Jesus and other people following Jesus, Mark Hoffman, what gets you fired up? I get fired up, dude. You want to know what gets <laughs> yeah. me fired up? Yeah. What gets me fired up is probably in the next portion of Colossians chapter 1, verses 27, 28. And uh, in this section, um, if Christ is truly preeminent, if he's truly central in all, the, all that we are, all that we're called to, then, then we're not only called to be uh, into relationship with him, but we're called to be followers of Christ. And, and to be in relationship with him and be a follower of Christ means that we're going to grow and mature in our faith. And, and, and that fires me up. It, it excites me to see us move from point A to point B to point C to point D, that, that as long as we're taking breath on this side of glory, there's more for us to grow in. There's more for us to understand. There's more for us to develop in terms of our relationship with Jesus. We talked about it last week. Like salvation's not just a moment in time. It's really a work over time, that God's called me into a relationship with him to follow him for all of eternity. And Paul writes these words in 27 and 28. He says to them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. That mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Well, I'll underline that. Everyone mature in Christ, that we would present everyone mature in Christ. That both fires me up and levels me. As leaders of Two Rivers Church, whether you're in a classroom down the hall, on a platform here, over student ministries, it's our heart's desire to see everyone, everyone move to a place where they're presented mature in Christ, that we continue to grow in our faith. And so to answer the question what fires me up as well as what levels me, it's that. It's about being engaged in the process. Like this last year or so, the whole world thought about what, what's the church all about? And I think I came back with even greater vigor to go, this is what we're all about. This is what I'm all about. This is what we're all about. We want to see us as a people grow and develop in a relationship with him and mature in our walk with Christ. I think sometimes people think that, that the church really isn't necessary. In other words, like, I, I really just need Jesus, me and Jesus. And, and, and we've been taught, our culture teaches us that religion is private, 
that what we believe and what we believe about God is supposed to be a very private thing, but that's not true, right? It's actually a lie that, that it's not a private thing. What we believe in our relationship with Jesus was never intended to be a private thing. It, it was always intended to be a community thing. We were made to follow Jesus in community, and the church is God's plan for people both coming to faith and growing in faith. That's always been God's plan, that there would be a people, it's the church, that we would be God's people set apart that we could grow. And I think that um, it happens that we, we have experiences over time and we're like, well, do I really matter in the church? Like, oh, they feel it. they got this all figured out. They look like they have it all together, but we really don't have it all together. In fact, we have deep needs. Like right now, we have a deep need for a new campus pastor in Bearden because we'd like Tim Bubar to become our discipleship pastor and, and for all of our campuses, right? And so we have a deep need that we can be praying for together that with, with new passion, right? Increased vigor that we could go, God, we, we really need this. We really need someone to come and lead our Bearden campus so we can present a, a candidate to that campus to, to go through the process at that campus would say, hey, this is, this is our pastor so that we can take steps forward. And, and we just haven't seen that happen yet. So, so we're begging you to pray through that. Pray yeah. for it, yeah. Pray with us. Pray with us. And then um, from there, uh, the, uh, we, we're going to talk about the vision in a minute. But there's some other just normal stuff that, that just is normal in the life of the church, the, the people of God. And so what are some of those normal things that we're all called to be part of? Well, I'm going to answer that question. But first, I'm going to say this. A friend of mine sent me an article this past week and uh, said that uh, churches are closing in record numbers like record numbers. You can't, you can't open new churches. New church plants aren't opening fast enough to even accommodate the, the loss of how many churches are closing up and closing up shop. And so here's what we're excited about. Uh, I think something's uniquely happened in the life of Christendom over the last year or so. And, and this is what I believe. This is my personal soapbox. I believe you're here this weekend, here, Roan County, Bearden, one of, our, um, one of our venues. You're here because you've chosen to be here. We're, we're here. We're, we're back in, we're in, we're stepping in, we're, we're calling this our church home. And as we call this our church home, hey, a, a part of anything that we're going to partner with, if you're in, you're in, right? If you're in, you're in. And so in this moment, if you've chosen to be a part of Two Rivers Church, and it sure looks like you have, and we're glad you're here, we want to call you to a place of being in. Yeah, we're going to talk about some specifics, but here's some generalities of what we believe it means to be in. Some, some outlined in our vision statement, but one of the first and foremost things that we believe God's called us to as a people, that we would be relationally connected to Jesus and each other, that we would be relationally connected to Jesus and each other, that you personally would go after your walk with God in such a way that not just on a weekend where you showed up, checked the box, hey, I did church this week. You do church tomorrow, the next day, the next day, and the next day, that you'd step into a relationship with God, that you continue to develop and move toward developing that relationship between you and Jesus, just like you would any other meaningful relationship in your life. Actually, more than that, preeminently so, that you would pursue Christ above anyone else in your life. And if you're doing that, and as we're doing that as a people, that's going to that's gonna move to a place where we're relationally connected to each other. You can't do it alone. You've heard us say it over and over and over again. You can't grow spiritually all by yourself. You can't get into a, a quiet retreat and stay there for 25 years and just read the Bible and pray and walk around in a circle. You can't, you're not going to grow in your faith. Here's how you grow in your faith. You've got to rub up next to the rest of us. They're going to irritate you. They're going to bug you. They're going to actually challenge you and encourage you. The scriptures say we should be people who are considering how to stir up one another in love and good deeds. Well, if you're going to figure out and, and consider how to stir someone else up in love and good deeds, you have to be around them. You have to actually know them. You have to have some kind of a, a relationship with people. And so, yes, we've got a great on-ramp. We call it groups, groups ministry. And it's an amazing opportunity for you to step in and get to know some people even more significantly and specifically. And, and that's a great place to actually practice faith and community and relationships. But if you're in a group, that's just not the box you check. Like, okay, I go to church, I do group, I'm checking the box. It's much bigger than groups. It's about being in relationship with other people. It's actually getting involved and invested with the people that are around you. And that can look, that can look like a ton of different ways throughout the church, from 
all the things that the church is, not only on the weekends, but during the week, to what we're doing in our community, to what we're doing globally around the world. There's so many opportunities for us to actually partner together. And sometimes for a lot of us, it's just, it's just fun to be in a project or be on mission with somebody else. That's the relational connection that actually draws us to one another. And so that leads me to our second point. If, if you're going to be at Two Rivers Church, and I think this is a general reality for all of us, folks, we really do expect you to serve. That service is a part of it. We're, we're both serving inside and outside the family. That we'd be a people who are engaged, that we're participating in what it means to, to, to make church happen. And so you heard, you'll hear some testimonies. Uh, there's no one coming. But I think it was two months ago. There was, I think, six, six or seven kids who gave their lives to Christ in middle school ministry. Isn't that amazing? Well, that's amazing. And there's people who've come to Christ left and right. Like the part of what we do on a weekend and the activities and the work that we do as a church isn't just so that we can make sure that ministry happens or programs happen, but programs are, are, are really the tool by which we believe God's given us an, an access to people's lives so that the gospel is seen and heard and understood. There should be some part. If, if this is your home church, let me just say it to you. If this is your home church, if this is your home church, no matter what campus or venue you're in, we expect you to serve. This isn't a guilt trip. It's just a requirement. We expect you to serve. We expect that if you didn't show up, something wouldn't be right in the ministry because your part was so significant and, and valuable to the rest of the ministry. Just like the body all works together, if there's one part of the body that doesn't show up and use that part, the body can't function as it's supposed to function. And so as we enter back in, as we come back into church, as we're all in, we're asking you to be all in. You'd ask God, God, where is it that you want me to serve? And here's the last piece. And I do, I do this unapologetically. We believe a normal part of following Jesus is giving. That you'd be a people who give. That you give. That after receiving the amazing gift of God's redemption, him canceling a debt in your life, a debt that you couldn't pay, I couldn't pay, and him being so gracious and generous in his love toward us that we would, we would have a response of generosity in return. That we'd be a people who give, that we're marked by our giving. And I recognize this. This doesn't come natural or easy. They say it's the last part of a person's um, soul or, or, or person that's, that's redeemed as you come to Christ. That, that, that wallet's the last thing that gets redeemed. And yet, everything we have, everything I have, everything you have belongs to who? Belongs to Jesus. Everything we have belongs to him. And he's asking for us to give a portion of that back to him. That we would respond generously to a generous God. And yes, $4.4 million is a lot of money. That's a lot of money, isn't it? It's a lot of money. But I, I believe this with all of my heart. If we were a people marked by generosity, if we were each, and in, each individual in this space and in all the spaces that call Two Rivers home, if we were marked by generosity, that budget would be met in abundance. God, God's called us to a mission and to a work. And it's not just to pay salaries. It's actually to, to see the mission and the work of the gospel go forward, the, the, the very mission that God's called us to. And so I think those are three things as followers of Jesus that ought to mark us. And as we get back into church and as we're all in, I, I pray and I hope that those things mark us as two of us church people. You know, I had, um, I had somebody, I haven't told you this story. I had somebody who, uh, it was right after Love Gives was over, and they said, hey, is it too late to give to Love Gives? And I said, yep, it's too late. They're like, well, what's something else I could give to? And I said, um, the church. You could give to the church. They're like, yeah, that's no fun. They're like, they're just going to pay your salary. And I'm like, well, what's a family? Who's going to say, well, hey, let's go on vacation this year. And I'm not giving any money to that. Hey, let's go buy new... No, nah, I'm not giving any money to that. My money doesn't belong to the family. If we view the body of Christ as the family of God, it only makes sense that we participate in every, every way, shape, or form. And then when we do that, when people come to faith, even though I've never met them, I'm part of their story. And so we want you to hear Jeff's story because Jeff's story is part of your story. I'm 78 years old. I've only been a Christian for a little over four years now. But uh, before that, I was, I was lost. I used to think that religion was just man's excuse to explain what he couldn't. I, I went for years and I watched my children become Christians and, and, and I knew they were praying for me. My wife was praying for me. And I went to church with my wife Whenever she wanted me to wanted to go, 
I want I went with her because that's what you're supposed to do if you love somebody and you want to stay together is do things together. At least I had that in my in my right mind. And uh, so when Two Rivers opened up, we started going to Knoxville on occasion because we're 45 miles away. And I'd been to a lot of different churches and, and uh, I never really agreed with their doctrines, but Two Rivers was different because they, they preached about the grace and the glory and the love and the peace. And that's something I'd never had an idea would happen. So when they, when they said that they were gonna open up the, the Rome County Annex, we attended quite regularly. And uh, instead of falling asleep like I usually do during the sermon, I started listening. And uh, things started to make a little bit of sense. And then I said, gee, but it doesn't, doesn't fit me. I'm not, I'm not capable of receiving that kind of grace. And, and uh, I'd listen to the sermon. All of a sudden, one Sunday, I'm listening to the sermon and it sounded like he's preaching about me. And uh, I sat there and the sermon was over. And all of a sudden it felt like this hand reached me up, grabbed me by the shirt and pulled me sideways. And I turned sideways, stumbled over my wife and, and come out of the row. And, and this lady was standing there and she knew me. She, she knew I wasn't, I was unhealthy. And she said, what do you, what would you like me to pray for today, Jeff? Like that. And I said, I want Jesus in my heart. And she reached up and grabbed both my wrists, started praying in my ear. And for about, oh, it seemed like five minutes, maybe only a minute, I don't know. I, I was completely out of time at that point. And she, she stopped praying, let go of my wrist, and, and she patted my arms like that and said, now he's in there, you go home and talk to him. So I went home and I started talking to Jesus. And the first thing I noticed is he talks back. It's not in a voice, but it's like a voice. And uh, because I learned later, that's the Holy Spirit. And uh, that's another story all in itself, but I'm telling you. And so uh, it's gone from there. My whole life has turned around. I've still got the same problems I had since before, but I don't worry about them. And, 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 and that they don't worry me and I'm happy. And the people that know me, like my family and my wife and my friends, they see a different person and they're so happy and it, it really is salvation I, and I, I, I never thought it would ever happen and I, I'm sure glad it did because it's staying with me I love it every day when I get up I, I thank the Lord for letting me see another day and, and I pray to him I'll do what you asked me to do today and that's how my day goes and it's been beautiful. Praise God. Hallelujah. And all this will be married 54 years. And 55. 55? I'll see that. We are married 54. We already married 54. <laughs> well, it's hard to keep count of those kind of years. Yeah, yeah, we had to keep that because Jeff's going to be happy. He's going to, yeah, at 54. You betcha. Whatever you say, honey. Hey, um, with, with the church, with this church being God's plan for people coming to faith and growing in faith, we, we love Jeff's story because he makes it so simple. I talk to Jesus and Jesus talks back. And his story, if, if you've been part of Two Rivers Church, his story is is connected to you. It's, it's part of your story. That, that because you've connected with a group of people who, who are all about presenting Jesus to people, that he can come and that he will save people and transform people, that's part of your story. And so as we, we think about, these are the things that we can all do. 
But there's some things specifically, as we look at our year, uh, the 2022-2023 ministry year, there's some things specifically around the vision that we can all do as well. Yes, there are, Dave. Yes, there are. It's like a segue to me. (laughs) Yes. Hey, turn your card over. One of the things that happened last year, and we were sitting in a um, sermon meeting, and we were talking about, hey, we really want to be a people that are, are marked more and more by seeing folks come to Christ. And we've been praying the way and doing that. Like, well, what can we do over the weekend? And we thought this amazing marketing strategy that we would just go to Walgreens, buy three-by-five cards, and give you pencils. And uh, we, we asked you, several of you have been, a lot of you have been around during that time frame where you'd be asking um, God himself, God, who are the three to five people in my life and in my world that you're, call, you're calling me to have some kind of an impact on, that you want to see relationally connected to Jesus? And so we're asking you to continue to do that, that you'd grab your three-by-five card or grab a three-by-five card. If we need to go to Walgreens and get more three-by-five cards, we'll do it. But that's something every one of us can do, that we'd be praying for three to five people who are not yet relationally connected to Jesus and be committed to praying for them. And so just to give you a little bit of help there, too, on this side of the, the card, hey, what do I pray? How do I pray for those folks? Well, you just pray the word back to them. We've given you some great references for some scripture references there. that You can pray that, that God would open a door in Colossians Paul says, pray for us. Pray that God would open a door for the gospel. So we're asking that we would be praying that God would open a door for the gospel, for Jesus to be made known in the lives of three to five people that we have some kind of relationally connected with. Yeah, something else that we're going to do this year that's connected to that is if you take a look in the right-hand side there on September 14th, it's the first of three times that we're going to engage in something we're calling All-In Prayer Night. And so that's a a Wednesday night, and so we'll gather during this ministry year on three Wednesday nights where we're calling every single person who calls Two Rivers their church home to be part of. That we've never done anything like this, where we're saying, hey, come, we want to join together, and we're going to pray specifically about the mission and vision that God has called us to. That that we would see the, the area in which we live transformed by the presence of Jesus, that we would see people come to know Jesus and be changed by Jesus. And so the first of those, put it on your calendar, September 14th. We went old school. We gave you a calendar. You can refrigerate, you can put it up there. Or some of you leave. We had somebody last night. It's like, man, this is great. I have the whole year. I can put it on my calendar and I can go. If somebody says, hey, can you do something on that? And I can be, nope, I've already got something. And so that's what we're asking from each of you that on every one of our campuses that we're going to be joining together in prayer specifically around people coming to know Jesus because we know that this is far bigger than just us. We know that it's going to require relationships. It's going to require partnerships. And that ties into something that we're calling Surf Saturday. Surf Saturday, also here. Put it on your calendar. Three different Saturdays. If you've been around Two Rivers for a little while, we've done Love Serves over um, a couple different weekends of the last few years, and we've shut the building down and, and been out on, on, uh, in the community on Saturday and Sunday morning. And uh, this, this year, we're going to do it a little bit differently. We've, we found that once a year just isn't enough. It's not, it's not continuing to shape and mold the culture in, in a place and a space that we believe God's called it to be. And so we're asking for you to make sure that you put this on your calendar. As Dave said, like nothing else comes up. If, hey, if we're going to plan a vacation, if you plan around these dates, it'd be great. That we'd be a, a people on all three of our campuses who are serving in our community three different times during this next year. And what we've discovered and understood that the relationships we've even just begin, begun establishing over the last two years with different ministries and partnerships all over the greater Knoxville area, there's a lot of you who are going back week after week or month after month, and, and relationships are, are continuing to grow and be established there. We, we, believe, we believe with our whole hearts that we're supposed to have an impact and an imprint and a footprint in the greater Knoxville area as a, as a corporate entity, Two Rivers Church. And so we're asking you to be a part of that. We're asking you to step in, step up, and engage in that. One of the things that we know for sure is it's going to require a network of people to see this vision become reality. In other words, this is far bigger than Two Rivers Church by ourselves. It's going to require partnership with other churches, individuals, organizations, other people, and, and that we would be able to say, hey, what's it look like for us to go into the community to build relationships in all different spheres in order that people could come to know Jesus? One of those new partnerships that we've had uh, 
that's just recently developed is tied to something that happened this past year. We've talked about Riverside Coffee, talked about the Love Gives initiative that, that this past year, very generously, we said, hey, Riverside Coffee is opening up here on the Harrison Lane campus in the former bank building on the corner of this campus uh, in order to serve people in our community. And, and you gave very generously that it could be outfitted and up to speed um, and they're, they're, they're rolling. In fact, you should go there, you should check it out. If you haven't been. But out of that, out of that Love Gives initiatives, uh, there was a family who was inspired to, to give property. They were inspired to, to give property that would be used toward the vision. And so we want you to hear this story about an organization that we're partnered with called Seed Knox. Hey, Two Rivers, I'm Jason, part of our elder team, and we want you to hear about a partnership with a local organization called Seed Knox. In the fall of last year, we received a donation of multiple properties from someone inspired by our Love Gives initiative. We believe God was leading us to use these properties to advance the vision to make the gospel real to our neighbors in a tangible way. And that's why we want you to hear about Seed. My name is J.D. Jackson. I'm the CEO of SEED. SEED stands for Socially Equal Energy Efficient Development. And what we do, we provide pathways out of poverty for young adults and the green jobs and the green economy. Our demographics is 18 to 24. And our main thing we have is a career readiness program. It's an eight-week program where we teach them job skills, life skills, and placement skills. They go from unemployable to employable by the end of the eight weeks. Then after that, we have three boot camps we do. SEED, we have an edible forest. We have green construction, that's what we're doing right here, and we have community engagement. See, been in business for 12 years, and we cut our teeth in community engagement. Also, we like said we have the green construction. That's what we're doing here. We're building solar houses. We built one in Lonsdale on Texas Avenue, three bedroom, two bath. Like I said, and we sell it to a low income family to curb generational poverty and change their mindset to generational wealth. Also, we got the young people that we hire and see to work there, and they get a job, get an opportunity to learn a trade in different. Uh, different trades in the construction business. Uh, one of the great things that happened in this first project is two of our students got hired on as full-time with these subcontractors, so we had instant results like that. Two Rivers has donated two properties. Mm -hmm. um, can you just tell us a little bit what your plan is? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, 10 homes in the next three values. Two properties, one of the properties we hope maybe put the solar house on. We're going to look at the feasibility on the residential side, the commercial property on MLK. We are looking at it, maybe a possibility of being our new headquarters. We are outgrown the building where we're at, the, the rent space. So if we get this property, we're going to take it and put our headquarters there and start uh, having a training facility right inside there so we can train more people, get more people jobs and stuff like that. I'm so grateful and God has allowed you guys to walk into our lives. We are excited about this opportunity to further the vision God has called us to with this new partnership with SEED. Folks, God's on the yeah. move. Yeah. And, and what, we, what we see at Two Rivers Church, we, we just feel humbled and privileged to be a part of the movement and the, and the work of God in the greater Knoxville area. Hey, in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, it describes the life we've been talking about all this weekend. He says, therefore, as you've received Christ Jesus, the Lord, and I hope and pray you've received Jesus. So walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were once taught, abounding in thanksgiving, that we'd be a people who are mature, that we'd be, that we'd be presented before Christ, holy and mature, that we'd be a people growing in our faith and our walk with him. Are you in? Yes. No, I mean, are you in? Yeah. Let's be in. And at this point, we're going to invite our campus pastors on all three campuses to give just a little bit more specifics of what it means for us to be in. Welcome our campus pastors. Nine County Vision and, and gospel partnerships throughout the county. And so what does that mean for us here on the Harrison Lane campus? And so this is kind of like the next steps portion of the sermon. So the first thing that I'm going to ask you to do is that we serve in the family. That's the language we're using, that we serve in the family. We are the family of God. And so there are needs all over this campus that, that we need you to step up and step in. And it looks like a lot of things, like if you show up on a weekend, you're like, well, it looks like things are functioning. And, and, and yeah, they are, but there are a lot of needs. And so I want to go over some specifics this morning with us so that I just want to make you aware. 
The first one is in our worship team. We have an incredible worship ministry, don't we? They do a great job. Every weekend, they do a great job. But, but here's the reality. We are running extremely thin. And so really, I, I was talking with Aaron. I go, Aaron, to be staffed where we, would, we need to be staffed, what do you need? And this is what she told me. She goes, Dave, we need 15 more instrumentalists. 15, that's a lot. We've, in the last couple months, we've had to not have worship in the blend and stream directly to the blend in the couple months because we didn't have instrumentalists. And so if you see on stage and you're like, well, I know how to play guitar or I can sing, I can play drums, I know how to do that, then please talk to Aaron. We need you. We need 15 instrumentalists and we really need five more vocalists in order to be staffed in such a way that, that we could not be using the same people week in and week out and hopefully not burn them out. Does that make sense? <laughs> so we, that's what we need in worship ministry, student ministries. Student ministries is, you talk about wanting to invest in a ministry that is so important. The next generation is important. They are the church. They are not like one day they'll be the church. No, they are the church right now. And there are statistics and studies that have been done that said for a student, in order for them to maintain faith through high school and beyond, they need at least five other adult voices in their life. Christian voices in their life pointing them to Jesus, five others. And so you have an opportunity that you could be one of those voices pointing a middle schooler or a high schooler to Jesus in some of the most confusing times of their lives. So when we look at middle school ministry, we really need nine more, nine more leaders to, to step in because we need nine more leaders to be staffed to be able to speak into the lives of students. In high school, we need five more small group leaders. So if that's something that you're interested in, I'll give you a little bit more details right after this about how you can get connected with that. Kids ministry, once again, next generation. If you ever want to just like make Angie mad, Angie's our, our kids pastor. If you ever really just want to make her mad, go, how's the child care going down there? That will really tick her off. She's like, it is not child care. It is kids ministry. And she's absolutely right. Why? Because birth on up through fifth grade, we want to point kids to Jesus. Because we know that most kids or most people make decisions for Christ before 18 years old. And so if we can point kids to Jesus at a very young age, it can impact the trajectory of their life forever. And you can have that kind of impact. During the 930 hour, the hour we're in right now, we really need eight more volunteers in kids' ministry. Now, once again, there, there are lots of places. You can go to 2rc.tv slash serve. There's lots of places. If you don't like kids, please don't walk over to Angie and be like, I don't like kids, but you have a need. So, but... <laughs> Don't, don't do that. There are plenty of places to serve, but I know there's plenty of you out there that have a heart for kids or students or worship or whatever. 9.30, we need eight more volunteers. During the 11 o'clock hour, which is the next hour, we need 10 more volunteers to, to be fully functioning, to keep classrooms open as more and more kids are coming back. Saturday night, we've opened that up recently again. Uh, we really need five more volunteers in that to be up and running and to be fully functioning. There's all sorts of other ministries. One of the ones I want to highlight for you because this directly impacts you, okay? Cafe ministry. Now, this is really important. I get it. People are like, we love our coffee. And it's like, yes, you love your coffee, but I love biscuits and gravy, just like you do. And that's something that we used to do. And people have asked me like, hey, when are biscuits and gravy coming back? You want to know my response? When you sign up to serve in the cafe so we can get more people, so we can actually cook biscuits and gravy and provide more opportunities for that. There are opportunities everywhere. I just want to let you know that the different leads, like our middle school pastor, our high school guy, uh, Aaron. Aaron DeShazo, myself, Angie from Kids Ministry, we're all going to be at Get Connected, which is kind of right in the middle of the church there. And so if you have any questions about what it means to serve in any one of these ministries, please come see us. We would love to talk to you, share a little bit more about our hearts and vision, and to be able to give to you next steps. And if you want to kind of sign up and say, hey, I'd like more information, get your contact stuff so we can be engaging with you with that. So first thing, serve in the family. Second next step is this, engage the vision. Engage the vision. 
We are looking to create gospel-centered partnerships in the nine-county region around Knox County. God has strategically placed us right here on this campus where we are. We're at the very west end of Knox County. We're at the east end of Loudoun. It is a strategic, strategic location that God generously provided for us to be here and to have a footprint in this area. So what does it look like as we look at impacting the whole area? What does it look like for us to saturate this area with the gospel? What does it look like for us to have strategic partnerships within our community? We already have some as a church. We partner with Eaton Elementary School, which is about five or so miles right down Kingston Pike, down that way. And we do things throughout the year with Eaton Elementary School. We have a great relationship with their administration, and, and that's a great partnership that we're looking to continue. We started and helped start Riverside Coffee, and Angela Lee, and she's got a team there, and it's awesome to see the way Love gave, the way you guys gave, and they're outfitted, and they're up and running, and we're looking forward to what, what further partnerships as, as she has more special needs students and workers coming in, young adults, to be able to, what does it look like for us as a church to partner with them further and further? And, and so as they continue getting their feet under them, we're looking forward to that. But family, this is, this is my heart. God has strategically placed us here. I would love, and I'm asking that we that we have five new partnerships this year with ministries in our local area right here that we can partner with so that, why? With the hope of saturating this area with the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? Because the gospel is the hope of the world. And so what does it look like? And, and you might go, well, what are those partnerships, Dave? And here's my answer. I don't know yet. But I know there's a lot of you who are already involved with different things, and, and maybe that's one of them that we would strategically go, yeah, we want to invest more time and, and, and get more people to be invested in that. Engage the vision. We want to see this area saturated with the gospel, continuing the partnerships we have, having five new partnerships. Finally, I'm going to ask, the last one is this, participate in the Live It Out. In your bulletin, you have the live it out section right there in the middle. If we're going to be gospel-centered people, if we're going to be word-dependent, spirit-empowered, relationally connected, then that means that we participate week in, week out throughout this year. And I, what I don't want is you to walk away fired up today and like, I'm doing it this week. And then next week you're like, eh, never mind. No, this is something that we're going to do throughout the year. But the year can start today. And so here's when, if we're going to be a relationally connected people, then that means today, here's what I'm going to ask you. We have four food trucks right outside. Stick around. Go grab some food. The shed's open with tables and chairs. The shed is all the way back down there. There's tables and chairs outside of Amped, outside of the cafe, that you can grab some food, stick around, meet some people. If you see someone sitting at a table, walk up and say, Hey, my name is this, and sit down and eat with them. Relationally connected can start today. I don't know about you, but I am excited for what God is doing in the life of Two Rivers Church. And here's the awesome part. We get to do this together. And I don't know about you, but that fires me up. So we're going to head into worship here in a second after I pray. So would you pray with me as we thank God for what he is doing and what he is going to do. So Father, thank you. Thank you that you are moving, that you are working, and you invite us to be part of that work. And God, thank you for speaking. Thank you for being active and present. Thank you for the stories that we heard today that we get to be a part of, that when we invest, when we serve, we are part of the gospel advancing in this world and in this area. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.